Hi, this is Dr. Linda Mintel. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast of the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. Our website is filled with more encouraging interviews, all accessible at MyFaithRadio.com. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. I'm your host, Dr. Linda Mintel, the relationship doctor, and I'm here along with my co-host, the other Dr. Mintel, my husband, Norm. And every weekend, we're here, we're doing life together, and we're so glad you've joined us. Tick-tock, tick-tock, tick-tock. You know what that means? It means we're days away from Christmas. Ah. The clock is ticking. We're almost there, and I'm guessing everybody, well, almost all of our listeners at least, have done some decoration, and they're ready for the big day. So, Norm, what is your favorite tradition for the Christmas holiday? Hmm... Wow, that's a really good question. My favorite tradition. I would guess that my favorite tradition is actually Christmas Eve. That's what I was thinking. With our family. Yeah. And uh, we've waited for a while, obviously, and we've decorated and everything's ready. But I make a big, huge seafood meal. Yes, it's awesome. And (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. And uh, depending on when church is, we may go earlier or later. And uh, we open gifts on Christmas Eve, as was the tradition in our families. And so we've kept that up instead of Christmas morning. I think my favorite part is actually when we're putting up the tree and we, you do all the lights. And I know it takes you forever and you do complain when you're doing them every year because you wrap every single branch. Every branch. And at the end of it, it's beautiful. But we put on Christmas music. Sometimes we get hot chocolate. We do it all together. So it's really a fun, I think, activity. And ornaments have meaning. I heard right. somebody in, in Sunday school the other day talk about he lost his box of ornaments and his wife had recently died. And he was desperate to find that mm-hmm. box because mm-hmm. it meant something to him. And when we pull out our ornaments, I'm thinking, here's when we were in Finland, and here's the one we got in, you know, Amsterdam, and wherever we were in the world, a lot of times these these ornaments mean something. So I think it's great because we sort of celebrate in these very traditional ways year after year. Right. You're right. So let's take a quiz. Let's ask our audience if they know the answers to these questions and ask each other. Okay. Okay. So do you know which traditional Christmas song was actually written for Thanksgiving? I actually do know the answer to this one because we've talked about this in the past, and I don't know why, but Jingle Bells was the answer to that one, right? Right. Yeah. All right. So the modern tradition of the Christmas tree is widely believed to develop from which country? Oh, Tannenbaum, oh, Tannenbaum. Which it's one? German, very German, <laughs> schlecken, <right>. schlecken. <laughs> Our families are German, so we didn't know that one. <laughs> we have to tell the story. Yeah. So one time when we were early married, we went out caroling with your oh parents' God. Sunday school class. And they were going to all these shut-ins folks in these places, yeah. and they were all Germans, and they were singing German songs, and I didn't know any German songs. <laughs> Didn't keep me from singing that silly sound like I just did. Guttural language is what you did. And everybody was smiling and they loved it. 
Nobody well, you knew. were on pitch, so that was a good thing. I'm not sure about the lyrics and what was happening there. Okay, do you know uh, who the character of Santa is based on? Well, that's another song. So, yes, it's the character of old St. Nick, right? Right. St. Nicholas, who was a Greek bishop in what today is Turkey. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. Okay. Yeah. All right. So which language uses... Oh, this isn't going to be... This is going to be too easy for you. Oh, my gosh. Which language uses the same word for Christmas as Easter? Let me see. I think it's Spanish. <laughs> yeah. Yes, because we say Feliz Navidad, but we also say Felices Pascua. Pascua is the same word we use for Easter, which I think is very appropriate. It is really interesting. Yeah. yeah. So say it. If, if you were greeting the, the people in our in our listening audience who speak Spanish, how would you greet them? I would say Feliz Navidad because okay. we're in the States. But if we were in Latin America, I'd probably say Felices Pascua. Okay. All right. Okay. So, ah, here's a good one for you. Where in the world is December 25th celebrated as a national holiday that is not Christmas? That would be like, well, okay, wait. I don't know. I know the answer to that one. China. Oh. You know why? Because it was Confucius's birthday. <laughs> oh. But today it's celebrated as Christmas, but it's a very secularized. So do they go shopping on that day because of, of so. that idea? Oh, yeah. wow. All right. So I know you know the answer to this one, too. So from what country does the poinsettia, the traditional red flower, come from? And the reason I know this is because your mother used to talk about. Poinsettia. Yeah, she would pronounce it with the Spanish pronunciation. Yeah. So yeah, it came from Mexico. Uh, it, was a, it was a flower uh, that came from Mexico and some parts of Central America. It's, it's called La Flor de Nochebuena, or the flower of the good night, or what we call holy night. It got its name from uh, the American ambassador, Joel Poinsett, who came from Mexico and he brought the plant with him. Oh, so they named it after an American ambassador. Well, we did. We did. They don't call okay, it Okay, they don't call because they don't yeah, call it right. that name. They don't call okay. it a poinsettia. But did you, I've got something else to tell you that yes. I just learned from a student who gave a speech. Oh, okay. And I just learned this okay. today. Okay, So the other part of the poinsettia is that it was brought, it was, it, the, the tradition is that a young Mexican peasant boy had no gift to take to the church, and they apparently brought gifts to church on Christmas Eve. So he gathered up some some leaves and twigs, and he brought them, and when he laid them at the foot of the virgin, they sprouted and went green and then became vi- vibrantly red. And they felt it was a miracle, and it looked like this beautiful star, the red star. Oh, it's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah, there's a lot of, of stories behind a lot of the things that we do. So... Um, there's just one more question. Where did the tradition of giving gifts begin? Do you know that one? Well, we presume it's from the Bible and the wise men because they brought gifts to the young child, Jesus. So, so that would be the first Christmas, right? That would make right? sense. So that, I don't think you can go farther back than that. Right. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Speaking of Christmas trees and trees and traditions, in Germany, fir trees were first decorated to be used inside and outside with apples. And then roses and some candies and colored paper. And then in the Middle Ages, so a popular religious play showed the story of Adam and Eve's expulsion from the garden. A fir tree was used as a prop and hung with apples to symbolize the the tree of the garden that they weren't supposed to oh, eat wow. fruit from. So the play ended with the prophecy of a Savior coming, and they often performed this during the Advent season. 
Wow. Yeah. So, so, you know, we lived in Virginia for many years, and they would try to put apples in different types of those those types of foods that you were talking about mm-hmm. on trees. I always found that very challenging to get right. those on the tree. Right. And, you know, when you talk about the lights of the Christmas tree, I mean, the story goes that it was – they really believe that the Protestant reformer Martin Luther – adorned trees with light. So this was the story, Norm, that when he was coming home one December evening, the beauty of the stars shining through the branches of a fir inspired him to recreate the effect by placing candles on the branches of a small fir tree inside Mm. his home. Mm. Sounds dangerous. Well, we tried that again. Colonial Williamsburg actually has these little things, but boy, I think that could catch fire pretty easily if you're Mm -hmm. not monitoring it. Mm -hmm. All right, here's one more fun fact, because we mentioned German, and I'm German. Right. Did you know that in Germany, uh, I, don't, I don't know if they do this in the States, I've never seen it done, but they Germans hide a pickle in the Christmas tree, and the first child to find it gets a small present. I hope that child had a good sense of smell. Because <laughs> if it was a dill pickle, you'd smell, you'd it. smell it. I don't know anybody who's ever done that, but I guess it's a German tradition. Let's uh, listen to uh, one of our listeners' traditions about the Christmas tree. When I was growing up, I lived in a very rural area, and the week before Christmas, my dad would take my brother and sister and I to buy the Christmas tree, and it took us less than five minutes to get there, and at the time, I didn't realize how very cool that was, that the Christmas tree farm was that close, but we went, we spent a little bit of time picking our tree, and then he brought it home, and we left it outside, and then on Christmas Eve, we put the tree up, and we decorated it. And the best part was when we put the red star on top. And then we knew Santa was going to come. I think that's a a part of a lot of people's experience. Yeah, I know. know. To have it there and then not be able to put it up to the last minute, I would be wanting to enjoy it all the season. But but it would make it special. It would. It would. Maybe we should try that because you always want us to go out on the weekend after Thanksgiving, and then we have we enjoy it the whole season. I know. I like having the lights up all that time, so anyway. You know, the other thing we do is we hang stockings. And did you know how that started? I don't. Okay. <laughs> There's a legend about all this, right? <laughs> a nobleman grew despondent over the death of his beloved wife and foolishly squandered his entire fortune, which left he and his three daughters with no money, no money for their dowries, and facing a life of, well, they weren't going to get married. So is this the story of then how St. Nick came along? This is part of his generosity, yes. Okay. So I think what happened in that story then is he heard the plight of the girls, and then he decided that, you know, he was going to do some type of anonymous help there, I guess. So he rode his white horse by the nobleman's house, and he threw three small pouches of gold coins down the chimney where they were fortuitously captured <laughs> by the stockings the young women held by the fire to dry. Wow. How that would take a lot of... Uh... That, that was some dexterity. <laughs> yes, it was. I know the origin of Santa Claus began in the 4th century with this bishop we're talking about, St. Nicholas from Myra. By all accounts, he was such a generous man, and whether or not he actually correctly threw the coins in the right in the right oh, stockings the or story. not, <laughs> he was very devoted to children. And after his death, around 340 A.D., that's a long time ago, wow. He was buried in Myra, Turkey, but uh, uh, 700 years later, Italian sailors took his remains and moved them to Italy, and that's how he began to get famous, because then people heard about him and came to see his grave spot. Wow. 
So there's a lot more history involved in all of so this that we more. don't know about. But let's listen to one more, Norm. We have time for one more okay. tradition before we go to the break. I remember Christmas traditions when we would drive down through some of the more um, populated areas. And as you would enter down into the towns that were in the valleys, you would see Christmas lights all across the entire valley and we would get really excited because we would get to drive up and down the streets and everywhere you went there was every different kind of uh, arrangement of of colored lights and some were large and some were small and some people had decorations on their lawns others just had lights around every every pillar and post of their house and and it was really cool if it happened to be a year when there was snow and everything was brilliant white and the the colors of the lights would really reflect off the snow Well, we hope you're thinking about your family's Christmas traditions this year as we go through this wonderful time of year. We're going to be right back with more tradition talk and experiences right after this break here on the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. Did you know you have a conflict style? Everybody does. Are you a conflict avoider? Maybe you don't avoid, but instead react intensely. Or perhaps you are a great negotiator. Dr. Linda Mento offers a free conflict quiz when you visit her website, www.drlindahelps.com. Click on the picture of her latest book, We Need to Talk. Then have a friend or your partner take the quiz, too, and see if you can navigate conflict successfully. Well, Merry Christmas. You're listening to the Dr. Linda Mental Show, and we're thinking about family traditions. We hope you are, too. Remember, you can always listen to our program at any time on MyFaithRadio.com, or you can check out Dr. Linda's website, DrLindaMental.com, for her blogs and links to her social media. You can join us on Twitter slash X. <laughs> good, good job. <laughs> at Dr. Linda Mental, Facebook, Dr. Linda Mental, author and speaker, and Instagram, at Dr. Linda Mental, and anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast. There you go. There's a lot of ways to connect with me. There are. Here's another listener. Let's see what they have to say. Hi, guys. I wanted to share that in my family, it's been a tradition for many, many years. We live in a small farming community, and my mom and, and now my sister-in-law can goods in the fall season, and they make all kinds of special treats. And at Christmas time, we bundle up some things and take to all the people in our little community who have helped us out during the year. And it's a chance to see people and say Merry Christmas, but also to say we appreciate that you're part of our lives all year long. And this is a little sampling of the things we can give you for Christmas. That sounds a lot like what your your family did. You, 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 yeah. They baked all year. They canned goods. I, we gave them out all the time, though. We didn't wait right. till Christmas to do that. But I love the fact that they're thinking about giving back to people and just something small. It wasn't expensive. It's a good way to show people that you appreciate mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. I think we need to think more about that. Would somebody like just a small gift right. saying, we love you, we appreciate you, and we're glad you're in our community? And it's a, it's a warmer thought than buying something, it, it seems to me, because you, people know you made it. You yeah. put your, your heart and soul and effort into it. Let's talk about Christmas cards. Does anybody still send those? You know, I still like the tradition, and I think they're making a comeback. I really do think that um, instead of sending people an email, I know a lot of people text on Christmas mm-hmm. Eve and, and say, you know, Merry Christmas to you, but the Christmas card had an interesting beginning, Norm. It started in England when young boys were practicing their writing skills. Oh. Yeah, so they were creating... It was a homework assignment? <laughs> it was. They were creating Christmas greetings for their parents. Huh. But in, it is Sir Henry Cole hmm. who is credited with creating the first real Christmas card. The first director of London's Victoria and Albert Museum, Sir Henry, found himself too busy in the Christmas season of 1843 to compose individual Christmas greetings for his friends. 
So the story goes that he commissioned a friend of his, an artist, John Calcutt Horsley, to create an illustration. So the card he created had three panels instead of our traditional two today, with the center panel depicting a family enjoying Christmas festivities, and the card was inscribed with a wonderful message that said, A Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to you. We're still doing it. We're still doing it. Maybe we'll do it by email. Maybe we'll do it by text, but we're still doing or the Facebook. photos. That's or Facebook. Where I, that's where you see them all. That's lot. true. Right. And a lot of people will take a picture of their family and put that on there right. so we can still see everybody. Right. It's great. And I love that because that's the only way when you're apart from friends right. to see how the children are growing and that sort of thing. Here's another from one of our listeners. Every year for Christmas, we would usually put out cookies for Santa. Well... This one Christmas year, we didn't have any cookies, but we had cake. So we put cake on a plate on the fireplace for Santa to come. And about ten minutes later, we all look over, and our cat is gripping the plate and eating the cake. My mom tried to get the cat off, and she would not let go of the plate and started growling and hissing. So the cake was gone, and we thought that Santa wasn't coming. <laughs> I feel bad I for it. her. Now, I see it. I you can, can see, see that cat. whole movie, can't you? <laughs> I mean, no cookies, so cake. So they're really trying to get Santa involved. She sounds so sad. Oh, she does. She's, <laughs> she's reliving her childhood <laughs> trauma. 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 Yeah, right. Yeah, with the cat destroying the the cake that was supposed to be cookies in the first place. Wow. All right, I got to ask you a question, Norm. I do know the answer to this, but do you drink eggnog? I usually will, if if it's presented at a party or something, I'll have a few sips because it's part of what you do at yeah. Christmas. But it's not something we do in our house. We don't buy it. Yeah. And we don't, I don't, it's just too thick and sweet. I don't know. I, yeah, too sweet, I think, yeah. is what, what goes on for me. But this is actually an American tradition. Yay. It's one of the few <laughs> that we actually have. So according to reports by Captain John Smith, the Wait. first... Jamestown John Smith? Yes. Oh. Yes. The first eggnog made in the United States was consumed in, you got it, 1607, the Jamestown Settlement. Wow. Nog comes from the word grog, which refers to any drink made with rum. Now, they added rum to it. When we buy it, we don't put rum in it, but you can eat it with, you can drink it without the the alcohol. But that's an American tradition. That's funny. Interesting. Historical. I actually didn't know that one. Yeah. Uh, I pass on the eggnog. And you know what else I pass on? The Christmas pudding. It was once called plum pudding by British tradition. Also, by the way, popular in Australia, which makes some sense. According to the Oxford Dictionary, the pudding is, quote, rich boiled pudding made of flour, suet, and dried fruit. That sound pudding, good? No. The pudding <laughs> itself takes hours to cook and is usually served still flaming hot or actually flaming. Oh. Do you know what suet is? Isn't it like, it's something you put out there for birds or something, isn't it? No, I oh, had to look it that? up. This is what suet is. Raw, hard lard oh. made from animal marrow and bones. Oh, my goodness. So that's in the pudding? So yeah. dried fruit... Flour and suet. suet. That does not sound The word itself is ugly. It just doesn't sound good. (laughs) (laughs) But I think it takes a long time to cook. Probably. Yeah. And it's served flaming. So this this sounds like it could be something you would see in a restaurant. Yeah, a a flambe. Yeah, some kind of flaming dessert or whatever that's going on. But I don't think in America I've seen that too often. Not too often. 
Wow, that, that suet part, that just doesn't... No. Uh, yeah, I, I have to so. think about that. I think we'll pass on that, too. Okay. It's not going to become a tradition in the mental not house, right? Not in our house, nope. Well, you know, it, it, it was a tradition for its wish-making. So this is, this is why people did it at the holiday time. So customarily, Norm, according to the legend... All those who stir the batter are supposed to make a wish. And I guess this takes a long time, according to what we just <laughs> talked about, right? So a or lot of people... you make a lot of wishes. <laughs> well, a lot of people could get in the mix of that, right? And sometimes... Oh, my gosh, this even makes it sound worse. The bakers even drop a coin into the batter. And the person to find it on Christmas is considered the lucky one. Presuming they don't swallow it first. I know. That's not lucky. You drop in a coin in there as well. Or oh you my bite goodness. down on it and you crack your tooth. Okay, for you, those of you who love Christmas pudding, we are sorry. We're, We're sorry. Just yeah. seeing your dessert. We hope you love it. Yeah, we, I mean, no. it's a great tradition. It's a great idea to make wishes, although we don't believe in that type of superstition. So maybe that's oh, why it isn't well. a big deal for us. More modern day versions of this are baking cookies, which we do yes. sometimes, or even participating in a cookie exchange making gifts that are food, like gingerbread houses. Those are all wonderful, I think, takeoffs from this. Yeah, and we did that. We actually did this last Christmas. My kids were not real excited about gingerbread, so I found an Oreo house. So it had Oreo cookie Mm -hmm. dough stuff on it. They liked that one. They liked it, and they spent hours. And we found out that our daughter-in-law-to-be is quite the artist. Yeah. She really... She she, was really focused. She really was. We've got pictures of how intensely she was working on (laughs) this house. it was great when she finished it. Yeah. So we've got a lot of uh, Christmas traditions in our own house. And one of my favorite ones, actually, I was thinking about it, Norm, is the Advent calendar Mm -hmm. and the wreath that we have. Um, We put that out every Christmas. That was not a tradition I had growing up. And no. you neither, no, no, not for you no, either, we, right? No, we didn't. But we, we really understood it in the church, and we love Advent Sunday and the beginning of that and, and doing the candles. And we had a little felt Advent candle for our kids that they would put up parts of the Christmas story, and at the very end, Jesus would go in next to Mary and Joseph. Right. So that one was the calendar, and that extended it for all 25 days leading up to Christmas. But the candle, each candle has significance, and yes. that's the fun part, to be able to remind us of who Jesus is as he comes to us again in his babe form. Yeah, so the meaning of the season, which is the coming of the Christ child, so the advent of the Christ. Um, We also used to do caroling, Mm -hmm. although I haven't seen a lot of that since COVID. No. And I don't know if that's That's something that kind of went by the wayside, Mm. but I love it. And then we always have to watch in our house, our favorite movie is The Grinch you know, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Right. I think my daughter can quote most of the lines in that movie. I think she knows movie. every line. But the best, the best event, when the, the man was talking about looking at all the lights on the snow and how they were reflecting, I think of the tradition we had for many, many years in Virginia Beach, which was driving on the boardwalk of the beach, and they had lights on all over the beach, mm. and we would see them over the water, and you'd get hot chocolate, they'd have music, you'd go to a radio station, and you just drive down the boardwalk and watch all the 12 Days of Christmas. Right. Right. It was fun. One more I want to talk about before we end, and then we're about to close, is the, the nativity scenes. We have one that was hand-carved in Bethlehem yeah. from olive wood. Uh, and we also have one that we treasure from your mom made up of Hummel figures. Yes, it's beautiful. Right. So we love that. And and the first ever Christmas 
nativity scene was started by St. Francis of Assisi, and he wanted to celebrate it, and so he created a live nativity scene, somewhat like we see in some churches out on their lawns, in a grotto in Italy in Greccio. And they're all over Italy, from what we now, understand. Now that there's, right. They put out these scenes in Naples and Rome. And the the stat I read was that if you took time to see all these, it would take you forever to see all these different <laughs> nativity scenes that are over. But you know, Norm, one of my favorite things is uh, we used to, we always read the Christmas story. Right. And one year, our daughter was Mary in the Christmas play, mm-hmm. and our son Matt was an angel who gave glory to God, and he loved his part. And it reminds us that Jesus, in all his glory, gave up everything to come to earth in the form of a man being born by Mary. Mm-hmm. So this season, do all of your traditions, but make sure you focus on the reason for the season. I, it sounds trite, but I love that. Yeah, so Jesus' birth brought great joy into the world. We need some joy That's in right. our culture today. So this season on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, get out the story, read it, remember, focus your family on the true meaning of Christmas. And from all of us here at Faith Radio, uh, the podcast, we'd like to say Merry Christmas. If Katie had a mic, she would be able to say Merry Christmas to you. Say it from Merry afar, Christmas. Katie. Yell it, Katie. There. Yeah, that's we go. right. Well, that's all the time we have today. And many thanks to our producer and my co-host, Norm Mendel, who makes the show a conversation. And that lone voice you heard, our technical producer, Katie Sims, from all of us here at Faith Radio. Hey, we'll talk to you again next weekend. In the meantime, remember, we're doing life together, and it's better when you don't have to do it alone. Merry Christmas. Well, thanks for listening to this conversation from the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. These podcasts are available because of listener support. You can make a gift now at myfaithradio.com. And thanks for sharing this audio link with a friend and helping us grow the impact of the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. Also, take a moment to subscribe to the podcast today at iTunes or your podcast player, and you'll never miss a show.